0: Well, now I've got a new Bible today, and we'll see how this goes. After using the other one for 35 years, I'm on my third Bible, or fourth, I guess. I don't remember. But anyway, good to see you. <clears throat> this was my first Sunday standing. I appreciate all the prayers, by the way, too. And uh, still have lung issues, but feeling good. I do my Tarzan thing, but it might hurt my plates that I have in here. You ready for the quiz? Is Tiffany here? I don't see Tiffany. Well, we got about the same on both sides, so you're. Here it is, here it is. How, excuse me, how did the hamburger introduce his girlfriend? You give up? Meet Patty. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. You're going to send me back for more surgery soon, I'm sure. Turn, if you will, to Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And, uh,. It was my wife's idea to sit on that side of the church, by the way, today. And uh, so, next Sunday we'll sit in the front of the in the front pew, right? Like I was telling Doug, I said people are funny; <clears throat> they want the front of the bus, the middle of the road, and the back of the church. But uh, anyway, long before it ever happened. The prophet Micah predicted that Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, would be born in Bethlehem. And uh, this is another one of many, many, many prophecies. Over 300 of them were fulfilled when Jesus came the first time. And, um, uh, you know, on his advent, it meant a lot of things. And now... What I'd like to do is just give you seven simple things that you probably know, but that we better remind ourselves why, or excuse me, because he came, seven things happened. Because he came, seven things happened. Micah 5.2 says this, But you, Bethlehem Euphrates, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, Whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Remember, I told you the word advent means the arrival of someone already pre existent. And so, when Jesus took upon himself the form of a a man, made in likeness as a man, he was 100% man, but he was 100% God. Not half and half. No, because then you'd have half a salvation. You understand that? No, you got a full salvation because you're fully God, fully man. So, because he came, number one, here's some, and I think, you know, at Christmas time, we need to focus on these things. And all the fuzzy wuzzy things of a secular world about Christmas, well, most of them are nice. But boy, we can lose track of really why he came. And this purpose, can't we? So we, we're going to do that today. Because he came, number one. Did you get a sheet? Everybody get an outline? Are you having fun yet? Good. Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him. Number one, because he came so that we can, we can know God. Through his Son, we could know God. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him. I mean, I I believed in God. I was confirmed and went through all the stuff. But I was not saved. Confirmation doesn't save you any more than baptism or church membership does. We know if we're going to be born again, it's through faith in Jesus Christ, personal faith when we trust Him as Savior. Do I hear an amen? amen. Okay. Otherwise, it's a works thing, and the Bible says that that doesn't happen. Confirmation's good, baptism's good, all that's good. And I knew about God, but I didn't know Him until. I was born again. And what a deal. Christ came that first Christmas so that we can know God, so we can know Him. As creator, if you're still taking notes, redeemer and friend. Remember Matthew 1.21, you shall call His name Jesus, for He shall save his people from their sins. By the way, you know what Jesus means? The actual meaning of Jesus? I mean, Jehovah is salvation. That's the definition of the name of Jesus. Kind of fits, doesn't it? Kind of fits. Well, he came so we can know God, not just about him. And I want to know him as my Savior and Lord, yes, but also as my Creator, Redeemer, and my friend. <clears throat> the first song I ever learned after I became a Christian was What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I'd like to sing that again sometime. It's a great song. Put your requests into Dr. Rob back there, and he'll he'll dig it up here sometime. So he came that first advent so that we can know him. Whom to know is life eternal. I can't imagine the tragedy of going through the motions of church or church life without knowing Him. Number two. Because He came, we can have our sins forgiven. Ephesians 1.7. In whom we have redemption through His blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians In whom means in Christ. Here's a little trivial stuff for you. Take the book of Ephesians, six chapters, and go through the book and, and write down every time it says, in Christ, in Him, and in whom. You know how many there are? I'll tell you ahead of time. 103 times in Christ, in whom, in him. So you want to find out what you have in him, you got to read Ephesians. And one of them is so dear. We can have our sins forgiven. I'm happy about that, aren't you? What's the greatest gift you'll ever have? It's the forgiveness of your sins because we've all sinned. All it takes is one sin, folks and you're separated from God, eternal life, and the whole ball of wax. But in Christ, in Him, in whom we have redemption through His blood. Number three, He came so we can know purpose in life, even in old age, by the way. John 10.10, Jesus said, I am come, Advent, that you might have life, And that you might have it more abundantly. Eternal life, yes. But abundant life, now. I'm so thankful there is purpose. We can have, so we can know, purpose. Do you know why you're here? Philippians 3.14 talks about it a little bit. Let me read that for you. Not Ph- uh, Philemon, Philippians. How did I write that on there? See, so you can interpret that two ways, can't you? You wake today? This is a new Bible. How do I find it? Philippians, there we go. Let's see here. You know, a new Bible has pages so thin, if you sneeze, they probably rip. Thessalonians. In the meantime, tell me about yourself. Philippians 3.14, I was going to quote that. Do you know my wife and I took a long time, took a year and a half, we memorized this book just on the way to church and back. Remember that, hon? And we encouraged our little church family to do it. I was still in college, but uh, there was a little, little church out in the hills between Bridgeport, Nebraska, and Bayard, Nebraska, out in the middle of nowhere, where there was still a one-room schoolhouse going on. Moved the chairs away, and about thirty people were meeting there, and they had no preacher. And they called the school, and I was a junior in college, so they sent me out there one Sunday. I stayed there a year and a half. And, uh, it was 60, no, 71 miles there and 71 miles back. And, uh, they didn't look like they had a pot to stir the stew in, those dear people. They paid us $9 a week, a pail of milk and about three dozen eggs. And, uh. Kind of covered expenses, but that time gas was, I don't know, 88 cents a gallon or something like that, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, what was the original reason why I told you that? Oh, we memorized Philippians, yes. (laughs) Surgery takes a lot out of you. And, uh, And we did that. While driving over Pumpkin Creek Road was 36 miles of dirt. That was the shortest way to that place. And and we did that as we kind of strolled along in the car. And I've never regretted it. You know, a couple months ago I tried to say that. I got through most of chapter 1, and then it was hit and miss afterwards. What a great book to memorize. Anything in the Bible is worth memorizing. Philippians 3.14. I press toward the goal for the prize of the high calling or the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press forward. God isn't through with you yet or you wouldn't be here. He's not done with me either. Do you know that? Do you know why you're here? It is to bring glory and honor to Him. Let Him use you until you have not one breath left. He came the first time the first Christmas so that I can know purpose in my life no matter how young or old I am. Number four. He came so we can be sure of eternal life. That's right. John 5.13 These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may k n o. W, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you might believe on his name. We can know that. He came the first time, so we don't have to guess. I have eternal life because he has provided it. I sure didn't earn it. And I am so thankful that we can be sure of that. There goes the water. See, I'm back to normal, just about. You know, to know you have eternal life makes a difference in how you live, doesn't it? I don't, you know. If I knew, (laughs) if I didn't know I had eternal life, if I didn't have the assurance of eternal life and the assurance of His Word and the reason why He came to give the gift of eternal life, What kind of day would it be? And he didn't give me a gift to live any way I want to. He gave me eternal life so that eternal life can be working in me. God works in eternal purposes. So it's not a a deal where you can go out and live any way you want. That's not real salvation. That's not real eternal life. That's not Jesus in you, the hope of glory. No siree. So we can be sure of eternal life. Number five. So we can experience real peace. Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing like peace. The world doesn't have peace, but you and I can and that's not conditional. The conditional peace is found in Philippians 4, 7. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. And it's talking about, it's talking about prayer and thanksgiving and um, all of that. Um, be anxious for nothing. So that's all conditional. If we want that, then we bring our cares to the Lord and we'll get his peace. But the peace positionally I have because Christ came that first Christmas. Number five. That was number five. Number six. We can anticipate. This is why he came. One of the reasons because he came the first time we can anticipate his return. In John 14 and verse 3, where he promised his disciples, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Do you have the spirit of expectancy? Now, we're going to get back in Revelation one of these days after Christmas, but... Do you have the spirit of expectancy? Here's an example of the spirit of expectancy. A woman who ran to the mall for a quick errand lost her purse, but an honest teenage boy returned it to her. The woman looked inside her purse and remarked, That's really odd. Earlier I had a $20 bill inside, but now it's gone. Instead, I see four $5 bills. Well, the boy explained, the last time I found a lady's purse, she didn't have change for a reward. (laughs) The spirit of expectancy. Yeah. But I want to keep that spirit of expectancy. He can come at any moment. Why? Because he came the first time. And then finally, we can experience the reality of something I want you to see in Galatians 2.20. Well, I won't be able to find it in this Bible, so I will quote it. you want me to read it? Yeah, nice and loud. Okay. I have been crucified with Christ. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He loved you and gave himself for me? Does he really love you? Number eight, number seven, we can experience the reality of being loved. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what Christmas is about. He loved you enough to come. He loved you. So we can experience the reality of being loved. Down on the bottom, yes, indeed, Christmas is really about love. Do you like that song? Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Remember that? It's called At Calvary. I am loved. I really am loved. I did not and was not sure of parental love from both parents. One parent I knew, the other one I grew up, not sure. That's a fact. That's why I made sure when God blessed me with children, they would know that I love them every day of the year. They would know that verbally. They would know that in actions. Because I know how it felt to not be sure of that as a, as a kid. And when I came to Christ at almost 20, God began to build a love for that parent that I felt really rejected, uh, for most of my young, young life. And how wonderful it was when I realized that I am really, really loved by the Father through the Son. And nothing, nothing at all can separate me from that love. Romans 8, 38, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height or depth or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Merry Christmas to me. Christmas is really about love. And I can experience the reality of being loved because he came. He came so I can know him. He came so we can have our sins forgiven. He came so I can have purpose in life. He came so I can be sure of eternal life. He came so I can experience real peace. He came so I can anticipate His coming back. And He came so I can experience the reality of being loved. What a name, Jesus. Hmm? Name above all names. Emmanuel, God with us. And nothing can separate. Us from the love of God. Are you happy about that? I heard one. Amen. Let's sing that song. Jesus' name above all names. Stand if you can. Sit if you can't.